Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Radiant Face. Um, today, we're going to be talking about something that is very sensitive. Um, I know we've been quiet because so much has been going on all at the same time, um, from the pandemic to the NSAS protests to the post-NSAS um, situation going on now, to even all the ills in the society that are still going on have been going on. Um, in particular, this season, we're talking about saying no to violence against women, against men, just generally. In particular, today, we're going to be talking about sexual assault, rape, harassment in children, in women, in men, in our society. You know, it's very sad that you get to know so much that is going on around you and you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go for help. I know that in my experience, I've heard situations about things that I'm not allowed to repeat. And it's a bit burdensome for me to have that kind of information and not know what to do about it. And I can't repeat it. Um, so it was so interesting for me to find out about Mirabel Center and what they do. And um, today we have with us Suyem from Mirabel Center. Hi, Suyem. Hi, Ogo. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on Radiant Face today to just speak about what you do. I think it's amazing. And I was just saying to you before we started to call that, I can't believe that the center has been in existence since 2013. Yes. And with all the great work that has been going on. Yeah. Well, I yeah, wanted to ask here. you to just, oh, thank you, to just tell us about the Mirabel Center. Like, what do you do? Okay. So the center was founded by Mrs. Ituru Ezeanaba. Um, she's a lawyer. And uh, about 10, 15 years ago, she had this great burden to just, you know, help Nigerian women. At the time, she, she was the one who wrote the domestic violence bill in Nigeria. And one day, while she was just doing her work, um, she encountered a young girl who told her that her father had been abusing her. Mm. And that just stuck with her. She, she knew that she had to do something about it. But at the time, those days, international organizations were funding um, programs on HIV, on maybe domestic violence. But here was Mrs. Toro saying she wants something that has to do with supporting survivors of rape. She wanted mm. to be able to help them. And this had not been done at the time in Nigeria. It was rare. I mean, people were barely speaking up about these things. These things yes. were in hush, hush, like Stigmatized, families were, yeah. yeah, people were, families were keeping it secret. Communities were silencing people. It was just something nobody talked about. So after trying to get funding for about almost seven years, in 2013, the British Council, I mean, council um, under the DFID program um, funded the center, and the center kicked off in July 2013. Um, the center provides medical services, psychosocial support, and legal, uh, legal advice to survivors of rape. So it doesn't matter whether the rape happened 10 years ago or it happened yesterday. At the center, we have um, a forensic team. They can tell if uh, they're able to use a uh, medical science to, to show 
if assault has occurred, we have repeats and things like that. We have professional counselors who are able to listen because I think that's the thing for the Mirabel Center. One of the one of the reasons why um, people feel safe at the center is because we're a non-judgmental zone. There's nothing like um, stigma, victim blaming at the Mirabel right. Center. It, it, right. Yeah, it's a very mm -hmm. safe place for anyone to just come, no matter who um, it is. Because we, yeah, like we've, we've had mm -hmm. to, we've had to help um, a, our youngest survivor is three months old and our oldest is eight Imagine. year old. So, so it tells you the extent of the problem and that yeah. really has nothing to do with um, age, gender. It's just, it's, just, it's just really human rights abuse at the end of the day. So yeah. the center provides yeah. services that, that help survive. So if a survivor, let's say, wants to go to court after the abuse, with medical evidence gathered after we do our tests, the person mm -hmm. can have that as can present that as evidence in court evidence because that evidence, get to stop yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So that that that's part of what we do. But we follow up also because so if a child is abused, we also know that it's not just the child that is suffering from trauma. The yes. parents, if the parents, yeah, sometimes they, yeah. yes. So we have to counsel the parents as well um, because sometimes parents don't know how to help the child so mm -hmm. exactly. yeah. yeah because it's it, i mean this is a strange thing that has occurred it's, it's traumatizing yeah. it's yes terrible, but some parents even blame themselves you know yes yes because they were not paying attention or what Absolutely. you know they find like it's their fault that this kind of thing happened to their child yes so, so. there's a question coming to my mind so do you what about the aggressors do you have anything for them is there any counseling for a no we don't so we are a client um, support center all our focus okay. is on the survival and that's because rape is a crime so yeah. our, our stance on that is that because rape is a crime it should be the perpetrator should be held accountable mm -hmm. uh yeah because what we find from from the work we've done is that Families want to settle it as like a family matter over cool mm. and all. Everybody wants yeah. to sit down and tell yeah. the person, oh, this is just something bad that happened to you. Okay, let's mm. pay this amount of money and everybody goes their way. But we know that that doesn't work because rape comes with mental health issues as well. Mm -hmm. so, so, so this is zero tolerance for the rapist. Yes, yes, okay. zero tolerance. We don't, we, we, we don't, um, we are focused on the survival and making yeah. sure that the survivor gets as much help as possible. Mm. How do you think we can encourage people to speak up? How do you think we can encourage? Because as you were as you were talking, I remembered when I was in SS3, very well, quite a long time ago, my um, cousin came with her friend who was in GS1. And they said they wanted to tell me something. I even thought maybe somebody has punished them or something. And the girl mm. said her uncle, has been sleeping with her, she's pregnant. And I, wow. I, I unheard it. I just, I just didn't want to, I, you know, my brain is just now, I'm, it's coming back to me. My brain just, I didn't even know what, where would I, like, how do I start? Where do I go? How do I, and she was just so scared because visiting day was the next day. She didn't know what to do. And I was like, you have to tell somebody. I just didn't want that responsibility. Like, mm. how am I going to step up to the uncle? Where am I going to go? Which teacher are we going to tell? And the way mm. it was then, if they tell any teacher, they might just remove her from the school or they will just shut down. Yeah. You will hear about it again because it had happened to mm -hmm. 
someone we knew where someone in the lab had raped her and we just the thing just died it was almost like it never happened so when this girl came and she i was i didn't know i would I, in fact it's just coming to me now and i feel so horrible so i'm wondering how do we get people to speak up and also because when they come and tell you something like that they will say don't tell anybody and then you have to really just respect that because i know it's also a very big deal for mirabelle confidentiality and all that so Yes. How do we in the public, because I think everybody needs help. That's the mm -hmm. victim, the aggressor, the and us that we are hearing it. Because you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say that will be wrong. You don't know if you say you need help. The person will get upset that they regret telling you. So how do you think we can encourage people to speak up and find help? Okay, so for um, at the Mirabel Center, something we normally say is when somebody tells you they've been abused, um, the first reaction typically should be saying, I support you, I believe you, yes. and I'm so yes. sorry this happened to you. Okay. This is because before survivors can muster the courage mm -hmm. to tell anyone what has happened to them, it takes a lot of courage. Like, it's, it's, it, it, we're even shocked that they can, they can talk about it. Some of them, yeah. we've seen, we, there was a woman who um, spoke at the recent Spotlight Initiative um, town hall meeting she's she's now 41 she was abused at five and didn't mention it to anyone her mother was aware by the way she was being abused by her stepfather but she didn't mention it till she was 40 hmm. and that just tells you how difficult it is i think that yeah. the way to encourage people to speak out is to tell is to let you know because if they know that they're in a safe space by safe space it could mean this is yes. a friend I trust. This is a person I trust. Then they can speak out. The truth is that in Nigeria, when we say people should speak out, we say we say break the silence. But at the same time, mm -hmm. we all know we know that it's a hostile society. Yes, we you still see the judgment. Is, you can see the judgment yeah. in the behavior of people yeah. around you when you yes. speak up. Yes, yeah. where victims are shamed, they are blamed, and they want yeah. the, the victim to 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 take up the responsibility of an action. That was committed against them. So, um, yeah. when, so yes, we can encourage people to break the silence because at the end of the day, we want survivors to get help. I think that what we can help. do individually exactly. is to be, yeah, yes, we, we, yeah, we should help people rather than. So, if somebody tells us that oh, they've been abused, they've been assaulted, rather than say oh, what were you wearing? Did you drink? Are you sure you were not out too late? That is blaming the victim and looking for every like looking for an excuse to let the perpetrator off the hook. So we have to let them know that yeah. we believe them. We support Stop asking them. those questions. That yes, yes, yes. I like I like what you're saying. So it's very important for us to let them feel it's okay to say what you're saying. Yes. I agree with you. I support yes. you. I can hear what you're saying. It's okay and yeah. to apologize. So I'm sorry that this is happening to you. I'm sorry that you're going through this and I'm here and it's okay, you know? So also yes. making them know that you're, you're keeping the, what they've told you is not difficult to hear, basically. Yeah. It's not yes. difficult to hear, yeah. I've heard you. And I also think with what we're doing, speaking up about it, letting people know it's okay to talk. It's okay to hear something like this. And even for the, the um, aggressors to know that this is how we view these things. You know, mm -hmm. this is how the world is responding to these things. Like when somebody is with you, don't, it's not about what she's wearing 
or what she's saying or what he's wearing or what he's saying mm-hmm. you need to know is wrong like we don't like it especially for children yeah. who are vulnerable and won't even know that what they're what they're doing to them is wrong you know it's such a such a horrible horrible thing and i believe very strongly that if we keep on making noise about it and creating awareness about it it would it would go away you know it, it has to go away just really yes. has to go away so i want to ask about the process how does it work when i come into the mirabel center like who is the first person i would speak to how do i even get there okay. do i have to email contact like how does it work okay so we get um, um people contacting us from various platforms we're on twitter uh, mirabel center ng on instagram as well facebook so typically somebody may have referred or if we see um so there are cases of people going straight to the police to report and the police referring them to the mirabel center because okay policemen are aware that um, we have um, what we call gender deaths in some of the okay. police, stations. police stations. So they are aware that, yeah, they know that, okay, this person has abused the, the, the Mirabel Center offers medical psychosocial support to survivors. They refer them to us. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of police referrals. We also have people coming in from social media. So let's say okay. somebody tweets about an um, abuse, whether it's the survivor or a friend or a family member saying, look, I need help. I don't know who to turn to. That's one of the reasons that we are quite uh, were very active on social media is because okay. we track all these cases to make sure that people are aware that support and help are available so they come available, to the center yes. so we so typically we give them the numbers of the counselor they are coming from social media they have the numbers of the counselors they call and then they come to the center we had um, last to ticket um, last to ticket okay yes yes once they come in um, the counselors take them for the medical evaluation to because if it's a recent case, you want to um, you want to take samples of you want you want to check the person, you want to treat if there's um, STDs, yes, if you yes. want to check for pregnancy, you, you know, mm-hmm, just basically mm-hmm. having like this whole medical yeah. So the after that is done, of course, intensive counseling and at the Mirabel Center, we don't tell survivors what to do. We follow their lead. We know that some okay. survivors just want to be heard. Sometimes I don't know yeah. if you've seen, but some survivors will say something like. I just want this person to acknowledge that they've done this thing and apologize. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, so some for some people that's all they want. For some others, they want to take legal action. So, yes. what we do apart from just uh, counseling and therapy is also to li- we listen to our survivors and say, okay, based on what you're telling us, we're going to follow you. If you want legal help, we're advising that this is the best way to go. If you, mm-hmm. I mean, we can continue. It doesn't end. Like you can't say, okay, so I've, I've received counseling this amount of period because we know that survivors have triggers. So if yes. they receive counseling and at some other points they feel like, would well, they just really need to talk to somebody? We're always there, and you can contact us via social media channels. We have our numbers on the website. You can just call us, and we're a safe place. Yeah, confidentiality is guaranteed. So is it free? It's is completely it, is, free. It's okay. completely free. Yeah. Please share your handles with us, your Twitter, IG handles. Okay. Um, Mirabel Center NG on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Mirabel Center NG on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then you're located at Lasso the Keja. Yes. Okay. So um, I want to ask you what made you join the team in Mirabel Center personally? 
what's because I often I don't know if I can even hear a story about sexual assault or sexual harassment or rape and stay and I might just pass out. I know how many times I've cried because somebody sharing mm. story like that with me. So to talk less about living that life. So I'm really interested in knowing what made you um, join the Mirabel Center and a little bit more about your journey there. Okay, I think for me, it, it was just always me reading the newspapers and getting upset whenever I saw that somebody was raped, abused. And I just kept wondering, how can we continue like this? I think I, so I think for many people, they feel sadness, but for me, it's anger. I always mm. wondered, there must be something that can be done. Like, how do we just keep allowing this thing to happen? But that, that was just me thinking, always getting angry. Then sometime in 2018, I was just in church, regular church service. And it's something just dropped in my heart that go and volunteer at a rape crisis center. I was like, what is that, a rape crisis center? But you know how mm. thoughts come into your mind and sometimes you're just like, oh, it's a fleeting to pass. No, this one won't pass. I came home that day. I had no rest till I Googled. I was like, okay, rape centers in Nigeria. I checked. All I was seeing was the Mirabel Center. I said, okay, I sent them an email. We scheduled a meeting. We discussed. I went over to the office. They were surprised that someone, uh, because at the time, I, of course, I had a, my job, but I was already working remotely at the time. I just said, I want to volunteer. I want to handle your communications, your social media, everything. I just want to, I want to tell you a story because I see that you're doing something meaningful and I don't think that enough people are aware of the work that you're doing. So they were happy to have me on board. And one of the things that I quickly learned was when we want to do something, especially when we want to support, when it's a social, um, social uh, whether it's social work or social impact work, I think that it's just best to identify where you can help and quickly own it because that was that was what I did. I just saw that, okay, yes, they were they were already on social media, but they were not mm-hmm. um, you know, as because these yeah, yeah, they were not, was not yeah, yeah I, I think for me it's maybe because of the passion too that I have, it's more like aggression. I take that into yeah. everything that I do, like just really being loud about this thing that is happening. So I've worked with them now for since 2018. And my work has quickly changed from just being a volunteer to heading a group of volunteers. Since I started, we've had over 200 new volunteers join us, um, each in different, some, we have some in communications, we have um, volunteers who are graphic artists, we have um, volunteers who are social media managers, we have volunteers who are in a fundraising group. It's just a big family of people just wanting to do something to help survivors. So that's, that's, that's amazing. Really that's amazing. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So how do people volunteer? So if people listening want to volunteer and come and help, how do they do that? Just send us a message on Instagram or on Twitter that you want to volunteer. And then we, we just do a few checks and then we, we bring you on board. Okay. Well done. Amazing job. Amazing job. I want to ask you about the challenges you faced while doing this work or the challenges that the Mirabel Center has faced or is facing doing this good work with the survivors or the victims, you know, in carrying out your objectives. What are some of the challenges that you can see you're facing as an okay, organization? So 
Something I always say, because I've written quite a number of articles on sexual violence in Nigeria is that the government, I mean, we can do our part. Mirabel Center is just an, it's, it's, an, it's a nonprofit at the end of the day. It's not government. Right. Right. The Mirabel Center is not going to prosecute rapists. The government right. needs to do that. So we need the government to pay serious attention. Earlier this year, um, it, we, we had um, by June, between that during the lockdown, there were 3,600 cases of rape reported in Nigeria. Wow. And wow. during, um, you know, the, the Minister for Women Affairs said, <laughs> yes, we're seeing 3,600 reports, but note that for every one person that reported, 10 did not report. And for mm. communities where True. they don't even have access to services like the Mirabel Center, imagine. True. what could be happening things that are going on yes, there yes yes it, it, you know yes. so yeah. and then the, the police the police ig said that at the police stations this they, they received 777 cases at the police stations so it just tells you that we have a big problem in nigeria in 2018 when i wrote an article about nigeria needs to handle its rape problem Someone said, oh, Nigeria doesn't have a rape problem. And I disagreed at that time. I said, actually, we do. The issue is the culture of silence and all the things yes. that we use to stigma. Know. Yeah, we cover up so much. Everything is stigma. Yeah. Everything is stigmatized. Everything. Yeah, we cover Everything. up so much. And, and I keep saying what the government needs to do right now is to, because, okay, so the Mirabel Center, apart from saying, okay, it's a, non, it's a non-profit, it's also, it's something we call a sexual assault referral center. And we have 24 of those across the country. So the Mirabel Center was the first sexual assault referral center. Yeah. But in Lagos, for example, we have two others, uh, two other centers. In Sokoto, we have a new center, which is um, which is like a second center by the Mirabel Center. It's called the Nanaka Digital Center. Nana, but we, yes, okay. But we, but we need centers all across the country, funded the country. And, and supported by state governments. Yeah. And this is important because... So in Nigeria, we have the Violence Against Person Act, which is a key piece of legislation, which mm -hmm. is supposedly like um, our most concrete law on um, prosecuting issues relating to abuse and sexual violence. But in order to proceed with this, state governments need to domesticate these acts and the law. And they haven't. Some states haven't. We have 13 state governments who are yet to do this, and a few mm -hmm. who have already done that. In order to make progress, in order to make progress with prosecuting rapists and people who have um, any form of abuse, we need state governments to domesticate this act. We need them to get serious about, you know, everybody says, oh, we're supporting women. We're support it goes beyond supporting women to actually yeah. providing support and shelters. Yes, platforms because, and yes, support, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because during the lockdown, we were we were we were alarmed that the number of reports we were getting. And we I mean, just, yes, I re I yes. remember that statistics were yes. really high. Yes, and I kept saying, what if state governments had safe shelters for for victims and survivors to just have a safe place for 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 a moment, so that, for example, a woman who, who I know we're talking about rape, but a woman who is being beaten in her home. Can, can go there and know that she's not going to be killed that night. We've seen people say, I don't know if I'm going to make it tomorrow morning because yeah. look at my face, he's beating me, he's doing this, he's doing that. I don't know where to go to. 
So does the Mirabel Center also provide support for such such cases or is it yes, just sexual I mean, assault cases? So, so a sexual assault will provide them um, medical support for cases of domestic violence. And we also work with the DSGRC team, which is the domestic violence and sexual assault um, team of the Lagos State Government to provide okay. um, services as well. So, you know, because when we talk about violence against women and persons, it's actually like a long list. And we've not even gotten into the part that yes, people, with, people with disabilities are abused as well. So yes. it's quite a lot. Orphans, people in orphanages. Yes. It's, it's a lot. It's really a lot. And it is really heartbreaking. Really, really heartbreaking. I think very important that people listening to us know that there's help there is help. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even want to just tell familiar people. I know a lot of people mm -hmm. who have told me the way they begged me not to tell anybody and even to open up and say some of the things they said, you can see the difficulties. almost like they've enslaved themselves to me by telling me what yeah. they've told me and it, yeah. it shouldn't be so. So just yeah. knowing that you have a place to go, you have people who are ready to listen to you, you have people who are ready to help you, support you, be there for you at every point in time whether it happened 10 years ago, whether it happened 20 years ago, because I know that there was a popular case and the, the lady just spoke up maybe after 18 years and the feedback was so horrible. You know, it's yeah. like all kinds of things. Like, why is she just talking now? Why didn't yes. she say it since? Yes. It was, it's just, mm -hmm. this, do you know what it means for the person to even speak up? Some of us yes. don't say anything. I remember a particular case, my own personal story, where it wasn't, it was just harassment. In, and I don't want to say just harassment because I am the one that knows it's harassment because I'm a lawyer. Okay. The way it looked wasn't harassment to anybody. But for me, it made me uncomfortable coming into that place, right? Hmm. And then I spoke up, not even to report the person, but just to explain. And the yes. feedback I got was, if what you're alleging, just that word alleging. Hmm. Alleging. <laughs> just hmm. the word alleging, I just shut up. I said, I shouldn't have said anything. You know, just hmm. I'm, I'm uncomfortable coming here because this person keeps on doing this, these things. And what the person is doing is not to the ordinary eye, it shouldn't be uncomfortable. But for me, I know is is making me lose myself. You know, I can't, I'm not in control of the situation because yeah. you're in authority over me and all of that. Mm -hmm. But everybody frowned at me for saying, I don't like this thing. It was so horrible. I just had to shut up. So you now realize yeah. this is your own, or they didn't touch you yet. Mm -hmm. It's just the things that they are saying that are making you uncomfortable. So imagine the people that are being actually touched and being touched yes. violently to mm. you know submit themselves into situations. You're like, hmm. And I think that people even knowing that you will speak up, you know, being knowing that you have somewhere to go, you will report, yes. you can talk, you can run, you know, yes. also reduces that um, tendency for violence. And then for the people who are afraid of being alone, you know, afraid of maybe because you love this person so much or you're stuck mm -hmm. in a relationship, afraid of just destroying the person's life or career or something. They need to know that they can even just get help. Just talking to these counselors, these people that have been in this industry or in this um, line of work for years, there's help, there's help, there's help. Yeah. There's somewhere to go. And I just want yeah. to say that thank you so much for answering that call because that was a call on your life. Thank you for mm. answering. Thank you for going there. Thank you to the whole Mirabel Center for what you're doing. We appreciate it. And I know you might not be getting enough thank yous, but this is us on behalf of everybody that is interested saying thank you. Thank you for the support. And we pray that we'll just from this platform get more support, both financial, 
in every way, even volunteers just rising up mm. to say, you know what, I'm going to give one day of my week or two days of my week mm. or four hours of my day to the Mirabel Center in any way possible that I can. You know, there's so many people that want to help and we're just stuck in this place of praying and listening. But if we yes. know that there's more that we can do to rise up, even the aggressors, you know, they, they, I, I, I know some people that don't want to do what they've done and I cannot mm -hmm. tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's just a yeah. very difficult place to be. So knowing that, you know, this thing is wrong. It is wrong. Nobody mm -hmm. is standing for it. That's zero tolerance. We need to really yeah. keep on reiterating it. It is wrong. Nobody will clap for you. Nobody will hide you. You need to come out. You need help. Go and get help. You know, and it's interesting because I also go to prisons and sometimes some of the people in prison, this is what they've done. And they will tell you mm. that they don't know why they did it. They're they are regretful for what they've done. Yeah. I now say, okay, maybe um, you want to help them. One has told me that they don't even want to be helped, that they want to stay wow. here because they don't know. Yeah, you know, so you hear mm. all kinds of things. To me, oh, it might sound, it sound, that person needs help. I don't mm -hmm. even know if they're supposed to be in prison. That is telling you, I don't want to live here because I don't know what I'm capable mm -hmm. of doing. You oh, should be in an institution yeah. getting help, being talking to mm -hmm. someone, not, you know, so it's just a lot of work is deep rooted. It's deep rooted, mm -hmm. it's deep rooted. And mm -hmm. we just need to keep on fighting it in the spirit and fighting it in the physical and fighting it with our voices, fighting it with our hearts, showing love in every way possible, letting people know it's okay to walk away. Is it okay to walk away? It's okay to speak up. It's okay to be, it's okay to even hear these kind of things and direct these people to the right places. Because yeah. there's some people that are, for me, experts in handling such situations. Like I wouldn't know to say, I support you. You know, I would, I would just yeah. listen and mm -hmm. I'll be calm and maybe pray with the person or cry with the yeah. person. But I might not even know I can say I support you. You know, I might not even know there's some things you won't ask that is almost like you being an apologist that you won't even know yeah. that's what you are yeah. doing, that you're actually making the yeah. person cower, you know. I'm sure yeah. I've asked some careless questions in the past, like, so why did you go there? Not knowing mm. what I'm doing to the person because mm -hmm. I'm just asking mm. my friend a question, yeah. you know. So also us being sensitized to the kind of things to say um, mm. in response when somebody reaches out to us for help. You know, I've had friends who they would tell you they just went over to the person's house and this happened, but they cannot talk because they were, they were the ones that went to the house. They and I'm like, mm. you know, and you, mm. in my head, somehow it's now come and make sense that, you know, so being mm. able to even know that, no, no, we must speak up. People must be able to respect your rights. People must mm -hmm. be able to respect your person. People must be able to respect what that self-control. We have to teach ourselves self-control. Yes. I mean, you said three months old. Yeah, that you had a case of a three-month-old baby. Yeah, that, that's, that's it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so heartbreaking. It is. It is truly because children at more uh at more they're at more risk than than even um adults. Adults. So it's it's quite alarming because the people who should be protecting them are the ones abusing them, and it's really heartbreaking. It is. It is. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, just even sharing these things with us. I wanted yeah. to know if you can tell us about any testimony or any, you know, situation. If there's anyone that you can share with us about a case you've handled or the Mirabel team has handled that has maybe brought justice or brought peace to a victim. 
Okay, so because at the Mirabel Center, we're 100% confidential, we don't talk about our survivors, but there was a very public case which happened um, in one of the popular schools in Lagos where a two-year-old, um, you know, because children are not like adults, so they don't, a two-year-old will not come and tell you, mommy, uncle is abusing me. A two-year-old will probably just, you know, leave clues here and there. In this case, the two-year-old was drawing um, parts of the body of the person who had abused her. And mm. just upon interrogation or just, you know, discussion by the mother, the mother found out that the, the child had been abused in school by a teacher. And it was a very public case because the school took a stand that really shocked me and shocked people like, they, you know, they went out full blown PR campaign saying this teacher could never, uh, stu- uh, the, the mother has a vendetta against the school. And I remember that case and I was really alarmed. And then parents were saying, oh, how can a two-year-old claim that? And how can a two-year-old know these things? How can a two-year-old draw a penis? How can it three? Right. I don't know. Like, these were the issues. And I just knew in my heart that, oh my God, this, this happened because, but you know, when, when, the, when the child was, um, the child was at our center, the child sought some help at our center, and it was just like a full-blown case, which was really public at the time, which went to court. And after about four years, last year, I think it was last year, the court ruled that the abuser was going to serve 60 years in prison mm-hmm. because he, he, he had abused that child. And, you know, we were so happy that one, the mother stood by the child because it's something that we see quite often. Parents yes. blaming their children for abuse. Yes whether a child is a toddler or adolescent, you find some parents just, I think maybe they don't know how to handle it. So for them, it's like, what is this that is happening? And yes, they look just for wish it away. Like, yes, mm. like this can be happening. And they like, with all the problems, then you add this, no, 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 this can be happening. And they're trying to wish it away. But in this case, the mother one, she believed her child totally. She supported that child. She stayed through the process because I think that that's really commendable because in yes. Nigeria, the system of getting justice, it's long. It's long, yeah. It's, it's, it's long. a long road. Yeah, And it's frustrating. So imagine somebody who was probably two at the time, probably now six, when this thing happened. Wow. And the mother stayed when, yeah. the court. Yeah, like, yeah. because, yeah. So so that, that, that was one public case which, which really... Um, I mean, everybody, people, you know, even when, I mean, even when, when, the, when the judgment came, I was pretty excited. That, oh, this was justice for survivors. And I yes. remember sharing it in a WhatsApp group I was. And someone said, but he may still be innocent. I was just weak. Hmm. He just tells you, like, hmm. the, I think a lot of people have unconscious bias. I think I, I'm not sure. I, that's what, I'm, that's what I was explaining. Raised. You know, you don't even know that that thing you've said is that heavy. You know, he in his mind. Yeah. It's just talking. That careless yes. talk is something we have to yes. also sensitize people about. That you just need to say something. You don't need to talk. <laughs> you don't need to say something yes. when you hear something that's sensitive. You know, a lot of careless talking happens. You know, that 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 was a careless one. So what if he's still innocent? And yeah. if you talk to ten people, they would also five of them might say, "Well, what if he's still innocent?" The man has a point. 
you know, exactly. especially on social media. It's true. Mm -hmm. Very true. And social media, I remember this, all these cases, we read up on them and you read comments. And when you read the comments, half of the comments are supporting, yes. you know, yes. the aggressor. You won't yes. know that what you've done will make the other victim not say anything. You don't exactly. even know how many people beside you have gone through sexual harassment, sexual mm -hmm. assault, rape, mm -hmm. and just the comment you've made will just make them decide that, you know what, they're only let you just die with the past. Yes. But being yes. able to just listen, that I support you that you said, and I'm sorry mm. you're going through this. I'm going to carry it with me everywhere. I support you. I'm sorry you're going through this. Then yes. people will say, oh, some women use it to witch hunt, or some men use it to say, so, you know, they're just looking for yeah. attention. And I'm like, yeah. mm. so how do you deal with that? How do we deal with such situations where it, it, you actually had consensual sex and then you're just witch hunting this person? Um, Somebody is allowed to change their mind. And if that's the case and the person goes further, the other party still continues, then that is that, that really is abuse. That, that's no longer consensual sex. That's, that's really sexual abuse. And I think that we need to continue to educate people continue um, what we do on social media is a lot of education continue to tell them that look consent is reversible somebody may have wanted this but doesn't want it anymore you have to let the person be if you proceed with this you are sexually assaulting this person so it's something right. that we have to continue to educate people around us some people don't know some guys yes. when you tell they them these know. things they're like ah really i'm like yes. yeah they don't know yeah, yeah. They, 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 they don't know so you have to keep telling them look you must learn what consent is. That somebody consented yes. to, for example, cuddling, doesn't mean that they consented to any other thing. You have to be clear yeah. with these things. You have yeah. to make sure that you are not all, that you are constantly informed about what consent is. Continue to communicate with your partner to see if they are on board with whatever is going on. And of course, we also know that there's no excuse. You can't be saying stuff like, "Oh, but they consented." Before they were before they were drunk, now they are drunk and you're carrying on. No, that is abuse. So we just have to keep, you know, educating those around us by whether we use our platforms. Agreed. We have social media. Yeah, yes, we have yes, social media. Mm. Hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people listening now will be saying, "Are you serious?" <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yes, they need to know. It's true. And I think the yeah. other parts of the world they are already getting on board with this. Like, there's so many things. Yeah. I've had conversations with groups of like guys and girls, maybe at the gym or somewhere, and we would all have different opinions about this whole consent thing. But when they're in the States or they're in the UK, they will not touch, they will not try it. You know, they won't have that argument. In fact, they won't even have that conversation that we are freely yeah. having, raising our voices, saying they won't have it because you're already putting yourself in the bad light, you know, in such places. But here, we're so loud. Say, is it life? She, she reached like this. She do like that. But I mm. think it's important that we keep on repeating it and saying it until it becomes louder in Africa, in Nigeria. It lets everybody know. And it's a challenge for us because we have a lot of people that are not on social media, that yes. are in the rural areas, that are in the yes. areas that don't have any form of TV, this one, that one. And they are all going through all kinds of sexual harassment and assaults, rape in marriage and things like that. And they cannot speak up because they've not even reached where we are that we're even speaking mm. of. You know, they're, they're still in that place of ah, don't talk or keep quiet or don't let them say so before they will not marry you again or before they will not, yeah, you know, which kind of woman are you yeah. saying your husband did something like this? Everybody mm -hmm. just hush, 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 hush in the villages and things like that. 
So if we keep on and keep on talking about it, I think it will make it easier for people to even understand. And then before we now even get to the place where we have a stand, because for us, we're pushing this orange orange season to, yes. to be free of violence. Yes. We want to yes. symbolize a brighter future free of violence. We know that it might not happen today, but we can start it and keep pushing. So if in any way you can put up your orange, DPs, put up your orange, you know, pictures on your IG, put it up, supporting freedom from violence against women, against men, against children. That's where we are trying to get to. And thank you so much, Soyem. I don't know if you have any questions for us or if there's any other thing you want uh, to share with a, us. Just a comment really about, you know, you mentioned that people in the villages, people in smaller communities not being aware of these things. So some of the things the Mirabel Center does, apart from just the services we provide, we do a lot of awareness from secondary schools to communities within Lagos, for example. Mm. Also mm. now, um, we founded something called Men Against Rape. So during the lockdown, it was apparent that we needed our men to stand with us. That's something yes. that our men have to realize. They are allies in this fight. When a woman says she's sexually, she was sexually assaulted, She's not saying she was sexually assaulted by all men in Nigeria. No, she's saying there's a man somewhere who has abused yeah. her. Rather yeah. than take it personal, like saying, ah, these women are against men. Yes. Yes, against men and begin to get riled up for nothing. What we need responsible and good men to do is to make their spaces like zero tolerance for abuse. So we, we, have, we have a group of men, we go from community to community, raising awareness, being the kind of, um, um, you know, we're, we're looking at men who can serve as mentors to young boys. So yes. that we've gone from, we've gone from Ikeja to Suruleri, to Bariga, raising okay. awareness alongside with the First Lady of Lagos State saying, we will not tolerate rape in our communities. Landlords, you are responsible. Others, you are responsible. Yes. Brothers, yes. you are responsible. Um, employers, you are responsible. Do not condone any form of abuse, whether it's child abuse, rape, yeah. assault, harassment. Just yes. make sure that it's a safe place. You cannot, yeah. for example, be saying that um, you support the fight against uh, rape and you are, you, are, you are a lecturer and your colleagues are abusing students. You have students. to speak up. Yes. Yeah, you have to speak up. It's not enough to say, oh, but I didn't rape anybody. Okay, you didn't rape anybody, but you condone those jokes, those rape jokes. When they come in, when people are laughing about rape, do you, do you, you call them out? Too. Yeah, what, what do you do about that? So we need, we need uh, yesterday was International uh, Men's, Men's Day. Day. And, and I think one of the things to reiterate is that men, we need you in this fight because to rid our society of this violence, we need the men to stand up and say, we will not condone violence against persons, against women, against children, against persons. They do not how, yeah. how do they volunteer to join this um so we have movement? A, yeah so on social media you can just send us a message and then there's a form for for, for volunteers for men against women. Okay. Okay great. Okay great. Yeah. I guess you'll be getting quite a number of feedback after this by the grace of God. But what about yes. people outside Nigeria? Is there anything for them? to join yeah so, have, yeah, so interestingly during the and sadly too uh, in june when um Uwa, june 1st may 31st june 1st when Uwa died i don't know if you followed the Uwa case 
um, the girl who yes. was um, brut yes. brutally raped and murdered in church in yes. Yes. Uh, because she, her, her relative or her family friend was, you know, he was the one who reached out to us saying, we need help in Benin and we're supporting this, this man, providing the, the, the contacts we had in Benin when he told us that she had passed. And we saw a lot of Nigerians in the diaspora donating, donating to the center, telling their right. friends in Nigeria to volunteer here, using their platforms to raise awareness for the center. So, okay, so you're abroad and you wonder what can you do? Um, sometimes some of them just, you know, whether it's by donating, whether it's by using their platforms to reshare the post, just whatever you can do, that's how, that's how this can work. Whatever you can enough. do, we have online advocates who, who amplify the messages that we are sending out. So whatever you can do really, just look for how you can help. And I think that that's, that's really what it is. And I think especially in this season, we've seen the power of social media like we've never yes. seen it before. Social yes. media is so powerful, you know. Yes. Just one post, just one statement can go such a long way. So we just encourage yes. everyone who wants to support this movement to do whatever they can do using your social media, using your money, using your time. You know, it's, yes. it goes a very, very long way. Thank you again, Taram. Thank you so much for your time. And oh, thank you for being pleasure. here with us. <laughs> okay. Hopefully we'll get back in touch with you with more volunteers and more ways forward yes. that Median Face will support. And yes. you know, we're just very grateful to even know that we can support. Thank you. Because thank if you so if you've been around since 2013, about seven mm -hmm. years, and you know, <laughs> we're just hearing yeah. about it. It's like how many other people don't know about, you know, we yeah. need, we really, really need to let people know that there's a yes. Mirabel Center out there and to also, you know, push people who have been looking for how to help to stand up and also do their own Mirabel Center. You know what I mean? Yes. So also, yes. yes, like there's actually yes. a way out. We don't have to just be quiet in one room and be acting like the world has ended. It hasn't ended. And for people who are going through this kind of challenges, just want you to know that you're not alone. You're not alone. You can rise up above this and shine and you can be radiant and you can use your story to help so many other people who are in this situation that don't know what to do to rise up above it and people who haven't been in this situation we want you to know this situation is real there are people around you who are going through all kinds of harassment assault battery you know mm -hmm. rape on them on their bodies on themselves and mm -hmm. you can be there for them you can be a support system for them you can help them it's not the end of the world they can get out of it, they can come out of it, they can move forward, they can still be great people in our society, even with their stories being heard. And for yes. the aggressors that are listening, people who have raped someone, harassed someone, making a place uncomfortable for someone by speaking about their body or speaking to them in certain manners that make it uncomfortable for them to be the best that they can be in, a, in an environment, whether at home or in the office, we want you to know that it is wrong, stop it allow people mm -hmm. be and allow them have their choice. There's freedom of choice. You also have freedom of choice and your freedom of choice stops where crime starts. So thank yes. you so much again. We pray that God blesses you and that God blesses the Mirabel Center. Thank you Amen. for listening. And we hope that you would log on next week, same time to listen to us here on Radiant Face. God bless.